manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. My name is Lynn Devitt. And and I'm Doug Weingart. And we are coming to you from Aberdeen, South Dakota, in Roncalli Catholic High School here. And we have a class going on in the next room. And it's kind of fun. We have a group of high school seniors who are talking about graduation. Yes. And they (laughs) look excited. They look so excited. (laughs) I've seen... they're going to get more excited as it gets closer, yes, I'm sure of it. So um, I'm really excited for this show today. Our first guest is Joe Heschmeyer, who's also sitting with us. But before we start, we'll go ahead and start with a prayer like we normally do here on Real Presence Live. Um, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Sent forth, Send forth your spirit and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So like I said, we're really excited to have Joe here with us in Ron Colley um, High School. Last night, Joe Heschmeyer, who is part of Catholic Answers, um, was our speaker at the banquet. And um, we were lucky that his flight is leaving a little bit later today. And we sucked him into a live show with us. So um, are you ready to take questions, Joe? I'm, I'm happy to take questions. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Um, well, and who, who knows, you might get some questions in, we might get some questions in, but really we wanted to talk to Joe just sort of as our speaker and as an author. And um, so thank you so much. For those who were not at the banquet last night or not as familiar with Catholic Answers, would you be willing to give us a short rundown of like, what, what, what's, your, what's your story? Oh yeah, sure. So uh, Catholic Answers, the motto is to explain and defend the faith. And so our whole full-time job is just going places and doing anything we can to touch on Catholic issues and kind of explain things from a Catholic perspective and answer the hard questions people often have about why does the church teach X or how do you explain Y? Uh, and so that takes all different ways, shapes, and form. That's, it's going to be public speaking events. It's going to be um, books and radio show and, and all of these things. So my own background, I used to be a seminarian, and before that I was an attorney. And so I'm used to public speaking, I'm used to kind of theological reasoning, and so I've been able to use all of those skills uh, for the glory of God, hopefully, um, in my job as Catholic Answers. Awesome. So let's talk about, could you lift your mic up oh, just yeah, a little yeah. bit? Okay, there you go. Um, let's talk about the banquet last night. Um, what are your thoughts about how, you know, the, that scene and, and the crowd and um, just sort of that experience. Oh, it was terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 it, it I should be a little, but we should really talk so I know the answers before I ask them. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was wonderful. 
people were extremely friendly. Yeah. The turnout was good. The people seemed very bought in and engaged, and they were, you know, having good conversations before, during, and after. And, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed my time there, and it seemed like people enjoyed themselves as well. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was a great experience. We had several people who brought their books for you to yeah. sign, <laughs> and you also sold a few books at the end as well. Um, you know, I, I wasn't always a banquet attender. From as I was just a fan of Real Presence Radio, mm-hmm. um, and so it's I I've gotten to where I really love like I get it I get it it's such yeah. a beautiful way to invite people into this ministry into this apostolate. Um, there are people who come to the banquets and they've they've never even really listened. Yeah, and so we invite them um, both financially because. <laughs> We can't do this without, um, and you, you know that too. You work oh, yeah, for a nonprofit, sure. <laughs> um, but also just hopefully to hopefully bring them closer to the Lord. Yeah, you know, I think it was it was beautiful seeing people kind of hearing the the impact that it made. So at the beginning, there was a little video that you all put together, and it showed things like the the ministry to those in prison. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like that's something people don't think about. You know, yeah. you, you know, your own experience with radio is you may, you may be driving to work or maybe at home, whatever it is, but to realize like, oh yeah, well, the radio waves penetrate the prison walls. Yeah. And it, you don't have to pass any lengthy security thing. Even as something as simple as getting a book into prison can sometimes be a little <laughs> hairy. And so this is a beautiful way of, of reaching people to make them a little less alone. I would add to that that there are probably a lot of people who are homebound for any number of reasons, yes. age and illness, and, and radio is really important for them. And then just hearing even your own stories. I mean, I know you mm-hmm. shared your witness as well. Just how much it can impact to be able to tune in. Where even Whether you think you're a Catholic who knows everything you need to know. Whether you're someone who is not particularly religious but would like to know maybe a little more. Or whether you just want to have something engaging and uplifting while you're on the job or traveling wherever you're going. I think there's an opportunity there for everyone. And it hopefully is something that enriches your life in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you were, it seems, based on your education, lucky enough to sort of want to learn more on your own. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us are tricked into it by catching Catholic radio. Well, I'll I'll tell you, you know, (laughs) growing up in Kansas City, the 80s and 90s were not exactly a golden age for catechesis. Yeah. (laughs) And so we listened to a lot of Protestant radio because there wasn't a Catholic radio station in town. And that formed me in a certain way, in some ways good, in some ways bad. And... And it spoke, from whatever you may think of it, it spoke to the power of radio. Mm-hmm. That we were trying to understand a little more about what this whole Catholic Christian thing was. And it was hard to find good resources at the time. I mean, looking back, maybe there were some things that existed that we didn't really know about. But, like, the catechism didn't exist yet. And, you know, all, all, all a lot of what we take for granted now. Uh, and so... Hopefully this new generation coming up has all these resources, the radio, catholic.com, all of these things mm-hmm. that just didn't exist a generation ago or, or didn't exist as widely as they do today. Yeah. The reason Real Presence Radio exists is because of Protestant radio. Um, one of our board members and founding um, fathers, I guess you could say, he was he listened to Protestant radio and he said it was the Refor- Reformation week, and all of a sudden they got very anti-Catholic, and he was like, "Nope, I need we need our own stuff," and um, and he and and his family and put resources into it and got and so so that that's exactly why we exist well, there you because go. Yeah. of Protestant radio, and now we're all over the Midwest. So that's yeah, it's wonderful, and I, I think hopefully there's a lot of people, whether they're Catholic, Protestant, nothing in particular 
who benefit from that. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's just that you have a better understanding of what Catholics do and don't believe, there's a real benefit just to that. Yeah. And I've seen it make some real transformational impacts in people's lives. I, just to give one story about this. I was on the air, uh, Catholic Answers Live, we take calls, you know, and someone called in from Kansas City, and he, <coughs> long story short, was a former Protestant pastor who had become an agnostic, but he listened regularly to Catholic Answers Live. And I'm from Kansas City, so I was like, well, stay on the line, we'll get your info. And we were meet up with him, and we had a, a really good three-hour-long coffee, and We've kept in touch, some through email since then. And so it's just it's like God's doing something yeah. in the lives of a lot of people you don't get to see. If there's a drawback to radio, it's probably this. You don't know how many other people it's reaching. And so something like the banquet is really nice because you have a room full of people who've been impacted in some way by Real Presence Radio. Mm-hmm. And so you start to get a little sense that, oh, yeah. Even if I'm listening by myself, I'm not really alone in this. There's something bigger going on. And even the age ranges. I know when I first found Catholic Radio, I assumed it was people a lot older than myself. But that room last night was filled with all ages. I mean, this isn't just, you know, we've heard from homeschooling families who, who they will listen to Catholic Answers or Dr. David Anders or these specific shows as a catechesis. And call well, yeah. you you know you get kids who call in. Oh yeah, we'll even sometimes <laughs> do like just uh, only kids uh, questions. You know, yeah. where we'll have that be the whole segment, and y- you get the calls. Yeah, there's, there's enough people listening who are you know very young. Yeah, awesome. So you had a great talk last night. For those who weren't able to make it um, to the banquet last night, would you be willing to share just a few snippets of what you talked about? Uh, sure, I can try. Um, <laughs> So, you, you already you already made it clear you you could have talked for hours. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was hard cutting myself off at the appropriate time, but I thought people might need to go to home. Um, the the question is about the Eucharistic heart of Christianity, and so what does it mean? Uh, for one thing, what does it mean to worship God? And so I, one of the things that I talked to a little bit with people afterwards about, so I know it was something that, that stuck with people, is that there is in the Bible this distinction between Something like what happens in the synagogue, where you read scripture and you talk about it. That's like a Bible study. But that's not prayer and it's not worship. It's good. So don't, don't get me wrong. It's not some, I'm not knocking it in any way. But that's not worship. Mm-hmm. That's talking about God. And then you have prayer, which doesn't happen in the synagogue. It happens in the upper room. It happens anywhere you want. You go off to a lonely place and pray like Jesus does. Uh, Jesus prays at the tomb of Lazarus. And so we find, not just Christians, but Jews praying all over the place. Uh, And that's something different than what's happening in the synagogue. The only time... So we know Jesus went to the synagogue every week, and we know he prays all the time. But the only thing he says about the two ideas together is in Matthew 6 when he says not to pray in the synagogue. He doesn't say don't go to the synagogue, but he criticizes those who go to pray in the synagogue because they're just praying to want to be seen by others. Mm -hmm. That if you're having a Bible study... You want it in a public place. You want to have as many people as possible. If you're preaching, if you're doing all that stuff. But if you're trying to talk to God rather than about him, then having some one-on-one time with God is really indispensable. But then all of that is only two-thirds of the puzzle. And so for many Christians, their entire faith life is expressed in those two categories. But there's this third thing called worship. And worship was understood as something different. It didn't happen in the upper room. It didn't happen in the synagogue. It happened in the temple. And we see in John 4, Jesus talking about worship with the Samaritan woman, because they're talking about where worship should happen. 
And so what makes the worship in the temple different than the prayer you could offer anywhere or talking about God is that it's making an offering to God. That sacrifice is the language of worship. And so, you know, the English word worship comes from a worthy ship to give God his worth. And so sacrifice is our way of trying to, do, to give something, to offer something to God, uh, rather than simply talking to him, rather than simply talking about him. This is this third dimension that we're called to do. You know, Jesus makes it very clear that God alone should we worship. And that's something uh, that is unique and is closely tied to the Eucharistic sacrifice because the Mass is a sacrifice. And that's a much bigger topic. But the idea is if we don't have something we're offering to God in that way, then we're missing this core idea of actually worshiping God rather than just talking to him or talking about mm-hmm. him. I think you mentioned last night too, there's something very physical yes. about worship. Yeah. You know, and and I thought about, you know, I I have my Magnificat and I read the day I read the readings every day. But I know in my, I, I know that that's not worship. Yeah. And, and again, <laughs> and, you it's, know, it's going to mass is very different and it's good. I'm I'm glad that I know what uh, my dad goes to daily mass. My mom goes most of the time to daily mass. So I, I know I know what they talked about, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know I didn't worship. Yeah. No, it's, that's a good description. It's a good distinction. And so really reclaiming that the heart of Christian worship involves sacrifice, because the heart of all worship involves sacrifice. You go back to Cain and Abel. You know, you know, Adam and Eve have two sons at first, and the first thing we see them doing is offering sacrifices to God. That you, even before Christianity, even before in a real way Judaism, you have worship built into the human response to God. That we were created with hearts that want to worship God, to offer something to him. And so one of the challenges as Christians is figuring out what does that look like now that we don't do animal sacrifice? What mm-hmm. does it look like now that Christ has fulfilled everything in this perfect offering on the cross? Well, it's two things. One, we represent the offering of Christ to the Father. And this is not some crazy late medieval sort of invention. Irenaeus of Lyon in 180, the first guy who tells us Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels, also talks about how in the Eucharist we are offering Jesus to the Father. Uh, That's one dimension. And then the the other is to combine our own daily struggles and sacrifices and to make in our bodies those living sacrifices St. Paul talks about in Romans 12 and unite those in our little offering with the offering that the priest is making. Perfect. We're going to have to head to break. Um, This is Lynn Devitt. And Doug Weingart. And we're here with Joe Heschmeyer in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And we're going to come back, talk more about the Eucharist and about the Eucharistic revival going on. Wonderful. Stay with us, please. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. 
This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Luke 5, Jesus invites Peter, weary from a night of fruitless fishing, back out onto the Sea of Galilee to cast his nets one more time and trust Jesus for the results. To cast into the deep is to let go of our own opinions, desires, and the way things or people should be. To cast into the deep, even where we have already fished with no results, is to let go of independence, autonomy, and self-determination. The sooner we realize that our Beloved is holding us in His hands, the sooner we can get about the business of doing our Father's will, the sooner we will become disciples. Proverbs sums up this great secret lesson learned by the saints. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Let go and trust the Lord to direct your activities and your life. He knows what He's doing. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. As the new year begins, now is the time to add some predictability to your life by establishing your will and estate plan. More than two-thirds of all adults have no plan. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. We have some practical tools to help you in preparing your plan. Please visit our plan-giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. It's a matter of just getting started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Lynn Devitt. And I'm Doug Weingart. And we're here with Joe Heschmeyer, who has been talking. He spoke at our Aberdeen banquet last night and did a great job in um, 40 minutes. And we, we just got done asking him to sum it up in about five. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, so if you see Joe Heschmeyer on our calendar again, I would definitely recommend getting to his next one. We, I, I think we have him coming up later um, this fall, and I forget where. But um, so next, uh, next we want to talk about the Eucharistic Revival. Um, you're going to be speaking at the National Eucharistic Conference. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure you're aware of this, but one of the routes called the Marian Route mm-hmm. actually starts in our listening area up in Bemidji, Minnesota, at the um, Lake Itasca State Park, which is where, where the Mississippi River starts. And so we're going to have a mass up there, and we're going to have Father Mike Schmitz as a speaker, Bishop Barron. We have, um, we have a sister, Judy, whose, last, whose name I just forgot, and I feel horrible about. Um, but it, it's going to be, a, we have Bishop Cousins, Bishop Feltz, and we have, we have some, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, in our listening area? When you start listening, <laughs> listing all the people, it's like, oh yeah, Minnesota is like a is, Catholic powerhouse oh right my now. God. Gosh, it's really, really crazy. And so they're all going to be in Bemidji, Minnesota. At the, um, they're having sort of a mini Eucharistic conference. And so we're going to start up there. We're, um, Real Presence Radio is actually going to be up there um, on that Saturday. We're, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, but you get to speak at the National Eucharistic Conference. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned it started in Bemidji, and someone had said that to me earlier. <laughs> Until you clarified it was in Minnesota, you could have told me B- Bemidji was anywhere. In Lake, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's it's right there. It's in Lake Country, Minnesota. You're you're from Kansas. I don't know if you're yeah, from that. We don't have a lot of Lake Country. Yeah, anything, yeah. So. Well, there are like ten thousand lakes yeah, in Minnesota. Heard. So yeah, I've seen uh, maybe three of them. So. <laughs> um, was Lake Superior one of them? 
I, I don't know because that, that that's that's the big one, you know. No, I, I don't think I have. That's that's right up on by Duluth. We'll be actually actually up there in a couple of weeks for a for a banquet. So um, beautiful. It all there's so many beautiful places in Minnesota and North Dakota and South Dakota, quite frankly. So we'll just keep them all. Um, so it has it does appear that we've kind of shied away from proclaiming some of the truths you know they they did a survey about people who even believe that the eucharist really is jesus i think that's the name of your book yeah the eucharist really is jesus <laughs> how convenient yeah, exactly. right um so so what are your thoughts on that like it does appear like how, how do we change that yeah you know, uh, so I know the, the study you're talking about, and I think that's probably one of the reasons we're having the Eucharistic revival. Mm-hmm. I think the bishops saw that and were really alarmed by the terrible numbers that showed, you know, two-thirds of Catholics couldn't identify. It wasn't just that they didn't believe in the Eucharist. They didn't know that the Catholic Church believed in the real presence, which is in some ways more alarming. This was not people saying, I know what the Church believes. It's been really clearly taught to me, and I reject it with people not having even the foggiest idea that we're not just saying it's a symbol. And that speaks to a failure, I think, on our end. Now, we can break that data down and say uh, there's much better numbers for regular mass goers. So there's a really strong two-way street that if you believe in the real presence, you're much more likely to take the effort to go to weekly mass, maybe daily mass. On the other hand, if you're at Mass, you're much more likely to find out what the Church believes about the Eucharist. So each one leads to the other. And so it makes it very tricky because a lot of the people who are in that two-thirds who didn't believe are people who can mark Catholic on the census form. Right. But they're not in the pew. So you can have the greatest homily on the Eucharist ever, and they're not going to hear it. And so one of the things we have to learn how to do is how do we reach people like that? And just to shamelessly plug Real Presence Radio, I actually think radio is an important tool in that arsenal because people will tune into the radio who are not ready to go to church. Right. And who maybe don't want to go to church, maybe have bad experiences or bad associations, but they'll listen to something engaging. And if they have that light bulb moment where they say, wait a second, you're telling me I can have this real relationship with Jesus Christ and that he can meet me in a way that treats me both as body and soul? that he f- meets me in my full humanity, in his full humanity, and his full divinity in this transformational way, then I'm more likely to go to church. And so, yeah, I think, I think we've woken up as Catholics to realize we have not done a good enough job presenting this in a clear and inviting way, and we have a lot of work cut out for us. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like some of this is it's being well-received? Yeah, I would say so. I mean... Again, you got the caveat that a lot of the people we most want to reach are just not listening. Yeah. And that's very hard because you can do whatever you can do on your end. And, and they're going to hear it or they're not going to hear it. And, and there's a limit to what you can do. But with that kind of caveat, I think there have been people who really have gotten much more into the Eucharist. And I've talked to people who either were maybe lukewarm Catholics or weren't Catholic at all who have have had their eyes kind of opened in all this experience and all this process. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, if we're expecting this to be the one-shot kind of cure, right. it won't be. But if we're treating this as one piece of a larger puzzle that'll be a whole lifetime of, of work, then, yeah, I think it's an important part of that puzzle. Yeah. So, oh, shoot. I, I had, like, a really good... Oh, um, 
So the Eucharist, and you know, I, I really, and just to go back to even Catholic Radio, uh, you know, there, there's really great content out there and on the Eucharist, and you'll kind of go through it, and then you'll, AI will give you the next item. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and what I love about Real Presence Radio is that, like, we stay focused, and so if you turn it to us, you'll probably get Eucharist all day long, yeah. and you're going to get questions and answers, you know, answers to your questions all day long, and yeah. so sometimes I worry about about all of the content out there, even though there is so much good mm-hmm. stuff, like you mentioned, you have a really great um, podcast, oh, Popery. I I quite like it, um, but you just never know what's going to come up next after. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. From- I mean, the algorithm is mysterious creature. <laughs> <laughs> so. You're like, I thought you had me, and now you don't, and now I'm sucked into some garbage. So. Well, and, and that is that is kind of the trick: is we have a media landscape right now, yeah. that is really oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't often talk about it this way, but if you go back and look, look at like the most viewed media events, you know, the end of MASH or any of these things, the number of households in America that watched that was shockingly high. And basically nothing hits those kind of numbers. Maybe the Super Bowl, but not even like the inauguration of a president will hit those kind of numbers today because there's too many other options out there. And so one of the issues we have to deal with as Catholics is even if we have the right answer, and we do, uh, presenting that when there are a thousand other voices out there who may be saying wrong things or maybe just saying irrelevant things, distracting things, you know. You can hear about Jesus Christ or you can find out how the Chiefs did. You know, that's, and don't get me wrong, I love the Chiefs. I love, you know, recreational, all sorts of, you know, music and sports and all of these things. It's, it's great. There's a place for that. But so often, we make that kind of the heart of what we're consuming rather than anything about Christ or his church. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a misplaced priority. I think that we need to reevaluate if we find that that's what we're doing, that, that we can do better than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, and that's funny that you bring that up, because I think that you would have more joy if Jesus was the heart, and then you followed the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I, yeah. I, I, like, I... Think about it. How many people are still depressed over the Super Bowl? No one in my area. Well, no. (laughs) Nobody in your area. Yeah, but you're like, well, they put everything on that. Mm -hmm. You know, like their heart's in that, and it's like, oh, yeah, so you got it backwards. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I didn't expect to talk about this much football, but I'm happy to. (laughs) Uh, Tom Brady, after I think his second or third, maybe, Super Bowl win, was named, like, most eligible bachelor. This is before he was married to Giselle. And he was interviewed by 60 Minutes, and the interviewer says, uh, like, basically, this is talking about all, the, all these successes. And Brady says to him, is this all there is? Mm. And it's this really, like, oh, it just gives me shivers because he's realizing he has every bit of worldly success he could possibly hope for, and it's not making him happy at all. Mm. And the interviewer is taken aback by the question because, you know, if you're not Tom Brady, that life looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and... The interviewer just says something like, I don't, I don't know, is, is that all there is? And as a Catholic, I want to be like, no, there's so much more. Right. Like, your heart is made for more than all of those successes that you have. But you have to seek first the kingdom of God. And so those things aren't bad. I mean, mm-hmm. some of those things may be, but don't deflate football. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> those, yeah. those things aren't bad. Yeah. Uh, but they're not going to satisfy you the way Jesus Christ can satisfy you. 
So, so what do we do? I mean, you know, we, we say, yes, the USCCB is doing this, this Eucharistic conference. Bishop Cousins is leading that. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, but here, you know, what, what do we do? The person who's, you know, sitting in the office or getting ready to go to work right now, um, not in evangelization, Mm -hmm. like, like the three of us are now, like, what do those people do to keep the Eucharistic alive? How, how do we reclaim this? Yeah, so I'd say a couple things. Number one, make it the center of your own life. You know, if, if it's not at the center of your life, you're not going to be a good witness for it, and you're not going to benefit from that. So make sure you're actually practicing what you preach. Number two, when you talk to Catholics why they don't do more to evangelize, it's usually some form of the following. They don't feel like they know enough or they're afraid. And what are they afraid of? They're afraid they're going to get something wrong or they're afraid they're going to hurt a relationship. So we have to believe we have something people actually want. You don't need to be a great apologist to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. You can just say, Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist and I get to spend time with him and it's really transformed my life. You can give that personal witness and that personal testimony. Whether you know a thousand biblical proofs or not does not matter. You can invite someone along with you and let them experience Jesus for themselves. Go back to John 1. The continual response, you know, when they ask Jesus where he's staying, he says, come and see. And that culture of invitation is something that we're lacking and could really easily fix. All we have to do is get better about asking people to come and see. And don't worry about having every answer to every question they may have. Just say, come along with me. Let's go find out. Mm -hmm. Because this is a beautiful place. It almost, I'm reading some different fundraising, the spirituality of fundraising right now as I, you know, took this role. And it's almost, it's a little bit similar, like, like it, it can be spiritual, right? Yeah. Because, because we have this gift. It's something beautiful. Our faith is something beautiful. And, um, and we're inviting people to it. Yeah, absolutely. We're, you know, we're inviting we, we people to, to a joy. We have to experience that beauty and then yeah. share it. Yeah. Yeah. And understand that it's a gift. It's not like, I'm not trying to get in the way of your day yeah. or of your right. football. Right. Right. I'm no. trying to enhance it. Exactly. I'm trying to make every single, I'm the salt. Yes. I gave up salt for Lent, so <laughs> I really wow. understand the yes. value of salt right now. Um, I still use salted butter, which my 17-year-old <laughs> says is shouldn't be allowed. Is that <laughs> so I, we're, we need to go to break right now. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, um, thank God bless you. And we had a great talk, and we'll be back right after the break with Ron Colley administration here. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. This is Father Anthony Craig from the Diocese of Duluth. I really want to thank my parents today for giving me the faith of Jesus Christ and teaching me the ways of prayer, praying over us uh, when we were sick, showing us uh, self-sacrifice. My father actually was a deacon, a permanent deacon in the church, and he would bring us along as kids, because there were six of us kids, 
and he would bring us along to hospital visits or to work in the food shelf and doing all these various things for people in the community. And I learned ways of serving others through that, through watching my dad. And then my mom, she also was very self-sacrificial of herself. She wore the same pair of tennis shoes for about 10 years to show us that she didn't care about herself as much as the rest of us. And we got new shoes for every school year. We had all of what we needed and most of what we wanted. And the, the Lord really provided a, a great example in my parents to show me the way to really Christian servitude and prepared me for the priesthood. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear... Give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.